Welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. That's, That's Mo Pawn. Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me as always is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly. Bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow, bow. Yeehaw. Bow, Yeehaw. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Mo. Things are a little strange on this episode of No Budget Nightmares. Is that the right word? Strange? Mm, yeah, I mm. guess. He's, our positions are a little reversed, I feel. Well, no. Look at you starting off the show. You have so much energy, Mo. Yeah, I forced all that. It's going to be gone in like who? <laughs> I uh, I feel beaten down, Mo. Beaten down, yeah, Mo. Yeah. By the world in some ways and also by the movie we're going to be talking about today. Fuck yeah. I, uh, I wrote on the No Budget Nightmares Facebook group that this, that like, I, I, even the movies that we've watched where we both have actively like disliked them, or even movies that we like, were didn't just dislike them, but like felt that they were actually bad to exist. <laughs> like, <coughs> <where we hope. coughs> Nightmare Museum. <coughs> Nightmare yeah. Museum. Yeah. So the, even those, I never really felt beforehand that like I didn't want to talk about them. Right. I always felt like I was kind of look forward to kind of venting about them. Right. But this this movie just it kind of defeated me. I've never had a movie take me three sittings to finish. You know, like even Hip Hop Locos, which took me hours to finish. <laughs> I did it all in one go, essentially. This one, man, like I originally planned on doing it in two sittings and then the second night rolled around and I started watching and then I got about 20 minutes further from where I had left off and I'm like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I'm just going to like, and I still had like an hour left to go at that point. And I'm like, fuck, this is going to take me a week to finish, but I only had today to do it, you know? <laughs> well, uh, Long time listeners of the show know that this episode is coming out a little bit later than uh, originally predicted. It just Mo and I had to kind of get our schedules together. Yeah, but it happens. W- what that meant is that I watched this movie a week ago, mm-hmm. and my response to Mo afterwards, and I watched it in two sittings because uh, I, I have to get the audio clips over to Mo. And uh, I what I the only thing I said to Mo was, "You are not gonna you, you want to save some time and not watch all of this in one sitting because it's just gonna be." It's just going to be too much of a strain. And I'm really glad that I actually heeded that advice because I'm normally mm. really bad about that. I'll be like, ah, fuck it. I'll just, <laughs> I'll plow through it in one go. But yeah, no, I started it. I started it two days ago and then yesterday uh, watched a little bit more and finished it up today. And yes, yeah, so it, it took me, it took me three fucking sittings. And because this movie's so fucking like dense you know like there's it is a very dense movie there's a lot of shit going on so like 
like there are literally points in my notes where I just say, I'm not writing anything else about this. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, obviously like when the next scene started, I, I started back up again, but like there was just so much shit being said and so much nonsense going on on the screen that I'm just like, I'm not writing anything else about this. Let's uh, let's stop being cagey, Mo. Let's start, talk about what we are referring to, and that is 2012's "Where the Dead Go to Die," directed by Jimmy Screamerclaws. Yeah, uh, this was a Patreon request uh, by J.K. Nicholson. Thanks so much, John. You have fucked us over worse than anyone else has fucked us over ever. Congratulations, you're out of the fucking group. <laughs> you're out. <laughs> you're out! <laughs> I think I mentioned on the most recent episode when when we uh, announced that we were going to be watching this that I um, this is one of the movies that like I have a physical copy of it here uh, that I got sent I think I think I got just got sent a, a screener when I still wrote for Daily Grindhouse and like it's just been sitting on my shelf for years and years and years and I was like well this is nice someone chose something I have and I have an opportunity to watch it and boy what a mistake that was Mo yep what a mistake that was Mo yep. <laughs> So for those who are uh, unfamiliar with Where the Dead Go to Die, uh, a few things need to be made very clear up close. One, that this is an animated movie, Mo. Animated. Oh, it's animated, all right. And when we say animated, it is not like cell animated with your, you know, drawing pictures and animating it. And it's not stop motion, Mo. Uh, It is computer graphics. It's CG, Mo. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Tell, expl- describe it describe the the cg in this movie all right you remember that old cartoon that was on television called reboot uh-huh it was canadian yeah it's back by the way yeah yeah no let's not talk about that <laughs> um it, it actually is eerily reminiscent of that in the style like just like everything looks off and nothing really matches up. And like there there are point like actually some of some of the only humorous parts of this movie are watching the animation because like there there'll be characters who have a beard and they'll be talking and their mouth will be moving, but their beard's not. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that. It's I mean, look, it's way more impressive than anything I'd I'd be able to do as far as like computer generated animation is concerned, but Pixar, it is not. It is. It's very stiff. All the animation is very stiff, very stiff. and and the characters looks pretty. Gen- they all look pretty generic. Um, there's some weird, but there's some really odd collision detection, and, and you know, like yeah, yeah, where like there's a dog in the mo- in in the movie, and like the dog's tongue is always going down, like below its chin, you know, um, like uh, from the inside. It's a weird, yeah. <laughs> there's also a lot Mo. Yeah. yeah exactly there's also a lot of nightmarish imagery Mo. yeah sure like like that's it, it peppers the background for pretty much the entire movie yeah. I just wanted to give you this little little factoid Mo. Um, from uh, I can't remember if this is from the IMDB or from Wikipedia but it says Jimmy Screamerclaw says all the surreal and graphic imagery has no deeper meaning behind it and is just there because he liked it Oh, that's a great thing to say about your movie. <laughs> so, uh, so you could have left all of this open to interpretation, and people could have been debating what it means for years and years to come. But nah, it's shallow as fuck. It doesn't mean a goddamn thing. He also, I believe, said that he was high on uh, mescaline. 
No, he said he was high on pot cookies while making the film. Oh, really? The well, whole mean, thing? Like I guess, for every day he was working on it? I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. I mean, like, you know, anybody who's ever had edibles, you know, knows that they give that sometimes they'll give you a bit of a hallucinogenic effect. They do, but it's hard to get like work done while you're hallucinating. No, I can't do shit. Are you kidding me? <laughs> me either. Are you fucking kidding me? The last time I had a fucking pop brownie, I was like melded to my cl- my couch for twelve hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I'm skeptical uh, about that, but not skeptical about the lack of meaning behind some of the imagery in this. You know what this movie reminded me of, Mo? There was an Onion article years ago. Um, about how Marilyn Manson was going door to door trying to shock people because it was like, <laughs> you know, because it was near like the end of his his run. <laughs> it was near the end of like his huge amount of popularity and just this idea that he was so desperate, right? He's got to shock people door to door. And this is what this movie, this is a try hard movie. Oh, yeah. And it's also... Um, for those who know what this means, it's very edge lordy. Uh, it's trying its hardest to be shocking at all times, and the effect is one is very numbing because at some point you just want it to be like, like I could watch Faces of Death if I wanted to, right? Yeah, I mean, I can I watch have. things that are, yeah, I know you have Mo, but I can watch things that are explicitly shocking and real. So when you're just hitting me with with CG maybe not the most uh, professional-looking CG uh, imagery that is supposed to be that shocking, eventually it just it just doesn't have any impact anymore. Like, honestly, this entire movie should have been... A, it should have been a short, first off. It should not, yeah. it should not have been a feature-length movie. For, this movie was 65 minutes too long, you know, uh, or maybe, we'll say 45 minutes too long. He probably could have had a, a longer-ish short film out of this where he just cut that last segment in, you know, like just did the last segment and it actually, and and if I had watched that, I would have been like, huh, that was interesting. And then I never, (laughs) glad it was so short time to go sleep. (laughs) Then I never would have thought about it again, you know, and, and it never would have crossed my mind again, but because he added those two other segments to it, because, like, we haven't explained this yet, but the movie takes place in three segments. Yes. Two of which are fucking useless and stupid and boring. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the third, and the one, third, and the third one, one's not much better. Not much better. But if it had been by itself, I would have sat back after I was done watching it and been like, yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> and then I would have the- gone back to playing... Dead by Daylight, which shows significantly more shocking things in better animation. Well, Mo, we're not talking about that. We're I talking know, about I know. That's my other show. We're talking <laughs> about the three segments of We're the Dead, Go to Die by Jimmy Screamer Claus. Look, this is going to be a weird episode, folks. It's, it's, it's a really hard movie to talk about. Uh, so and we're it, not I'm going af- to. I'm afraid What's it's just going to come up. <laughs> I'm afraid it's just going to come off as like a list of shocking things yeah. because that's how it kind of plays out. But we want to at least get across the idea of what each of these three stories are about, or at least as as best we can. Like we, uh, there's a lot of surreal imagery that's mixed in with the storyline, but don't expect David Lynch here. This is again just randomness, uh, things that that seem to suggest meaning, but but if you try to dig it all, it just seems. You know, that's the word. The word that comes to mind when watching this is just just that it's empty. It's empty, it's empty of significance. And 
uh, that's what I was left feeling afterwards. It's just like I I didn't get anything out of this outside of oh Jimmy Screamer class has a lot of uh you know really shitty offensive ideas basically. And I guess we should reiterate since we always have to in these situations. I was not offended by this movie in a way that that I'm like oh you know I have to turn this off because I was so offended by the content. It's trying to be that. It wants me to feel that way, no doubt about it. But really I was just bored. I just felt really bored watching it. And that's and that's the thing about this about this style of filmmaking and you see it all the time like these these super edgy you know, attempting to be edgy guys, it just comes off boring in the end. Yeah. Now, 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 obviously there is super edgy shit out there. Um, you know, stuff like human centipede two comes to mind or like Salo or, <laughs> you know, where it is. <coughs> <laughs> just fucking died for a second there. <laughs> Come back to us. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, where the, the stuff that it is like legitimately edgy, but it's also interesting and artistic and there's meaning to it and stuff like that. I mean, you know, <laughs> I feel I feel like putting Sallow in the same category as Human Centipede 2 is not doing anyone any favors. It's not doing. No, it absolutely is. No, I understand. But it's it's deeply disturbing no matter yeah. what. And, you know, and it belongs in the same you know, Venn diagram circle, you know, <laughs> that's true. Absolutely. All right. So this movie starts with an opening title, Mo, and I could, I could not read it. No, me neither. <laughs> it was not a good sign that the first thing on the screen uh, was unreadable. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for once, it's not because the version of the movie we had was a very low quality. No, it was um, very high quality. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so the movie was in association with Chainsaw Kiss and Unearthed Films. Uh, the opening credits just features a child looking down a well, which will become more significant in a little bit. Uh, anything I'm, notable I'm, about the? Please. I'm not gonna. Uh, no, there's nothing notable about this movie. Period. But uh, the uh, I, I got to tell you, I actually really dig the uh, the logo for Chainsaw Kiss. I don't know why. Yeah. I, just, I just thought it was kind of cool looking. So yeah. uh, it's just a kid. The end. What does it look like? Why don't you tell us? That? It's, it's, so it's a couple of people holding on to the side of a chainsaw, and there's you know, or a chainsaw like blade, you know, and uh, and there's like a pair of lips at the top. I just I don't know, just something about it. I thought looked cool, looked neat, you know. Sometimes we're so desperate for something positive. Yeah, we're just I'm about. clinging on to anything here, really. So we see a kid uh, looking down a well. Then he starts to kind of walk home uh, ostensibly, and we see him pass the title of the movie in the background. It says, "We're the dead." go to die the the kind of all the landscapes that you see are very barren uh again i always say that it looks like a ps2 era <laughs> cg cutscene um but uh, you know there's a lot of detail around and we'll try to give some of that when we're talking about the movie but there's just too much and also a lot of it is just the same thing like crowds and crowds of quote-unquote shadow men which are just kind of these large figures with eyeballs on top of their necks yeah yeah. The first uh, chapter, Mo, was called Tainted Milk. And I was actually, I don't know, I started with a level of hope because they show like this this outside uh, of a house. And then there's some like television style fake applause laid over it. And while I, I'm not a huge fan of Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers and that, op- that segment with uh, Rodney Dangerfield where they play out all of this kind of disturbing material as if it's a sitcom. Right. I mean, that's that's as slightly edgelordy as it is, but it's also really memorable. And I think that there is a way to do that kind of structure where it could be really impactful. So that's what I was kind of expecting out of the beginning of this. That is not how this plays out. Mm-hmm. 
How does it play out, Mo? We are introduced to the child from the beginning. What's his name? Uh, I believe this child is named Tommy. Tommy. Tommy, Mo. Tommy. Now, what does Tommy sound like, Mo? Um, he sounds like a grown man trying to do a little kid voice. Bingo. That is what Tommy sounds like. He sounds like a grown man badly doing a child's voice. Uh, there's a reason why they always have women do children's voices on cartoons. Uh, he mentions to his parents, who both look very depressed, that he's been talking to someone in the well. And um, he asks them where babies come from, Mo. Yes, he does. And his parents respond with... Babies, son? You want to know about babies, do you? I'll tell you all about babies. Babies come from the mistakes you made as a child. From marrying your high school sweetheart who you would think would know how to use a fucking diaphragm. Don't blame this on me. You could have used a condom. What's a condom? Well, son, a condom is a little piece of rubber that comes in a package that prevents any and all pleasure derived from sexual intercourse. All right, so that's how the movie starts. Yeah. Uh, so that's depressing. The mother tells Tommy to go off to school because uh, they have to work out who's getting what in the settlement. I guess Tommy's parents are getting divorced, Mo. Did you uh, did you notice that as the film progresses that it sounds like, you know, how how you start to talk when you have an echo coming in through your headphones and like everything starts to stop and start and you start delaying the things you're saying, you know, because you're hearing yourself speak. Like Mm -hmm. I noticed that as this movie goes by, that's how everybody starts talking. Oh, I never really, it didn't really register to me, but I have to admit there's a lot of affected speech in this movie. Anyway, when when we get to the later clips, listen out for it. Everybody listen for it. Like, I feel like this is the case. Like everything gets more stilted as the, uh, as the movie progresses. And I highly doubt that that was intentional. I think it's just, there was probably an echo in the micro in the headphones. So uh, Tommy heads off to school and he encounters the most important character in the entire movie. Mo it's Labby, the dog Labby L A B B Y. I don't know why he's Labby, but he is Labby. He's the dog. a black lab. Oh, I get it. <laughs> now it's making a lot more sense. Uh, Mo, yes. what's what's Labby all about? Oh my god, I fucking hate Labby so much. Uh... Labby was voiced by the director Jimmy Screamerclaws. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> he's got the most irritating voice oh, I've ever heard. It's the fucking worst. And I'm speaking so, as someone with a very irritating voice himself. Yeah, who me? Me. Oh, <laughs> my voice, Mo. Oh, I see, I see, I see. And my hyena-like laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so he's, yeah, so like I said, he's a black lab. He's got bright red glowing eyes because, you know. He's evil, yes, I guess. As as you do. Um, And he's constantly trying to tell people to do things that they shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and he sounds like this. See, breasts are a sin. They they were given to women by the devil to to lure men away from the word of God. So so God tried to make up for it by by allowing breasts to feed his children's offspring. This doesn't make any after, sense. After the first child is born, all of God's milk is is sucked out. Okay, so that's that's Labby giving some not very good advice to young Tommy. I would say. Yes. 
And uh, he actually shows Tommy a baby feeding from its mother. Um, and as he as he said in the thing, yeah, the, the breast only has enough milk for one child, Mo. And after that, it becomes tainted. Tainted, Mo. Oh, I get it. Like the title of this uh, segment. Tainted milk, Mo. Tainted milk. Whoa. So Tommy, Tommy doesn't know where the babies come from. And uh, this is where he's told by Labby that they come from the Shadow Men, who we're going to see throughout it. So... Look, Labby just talks shit. I'm not going to go into a lot of it, but he talks about how when people get struck by lightning, it's God's way of taking them to heaven. Why the fuck does he say that? You that- know, it's 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 good that you that you said that you're not going to talk much more about this because my notes literally say right here. Honestly, I've already stopped paying attention. This is so dumb. Uh, just just let me give a quick summary, which I'm is that five, this is five minutes into the fucking movie. I'm I know already, I- and I've already stopped paying attention. I know. <laughs> It's about the creation of these shadow men, which is when people get struck by lightning, it's God's way of taking them to heaven, like his hand coming down from the sky. This makes the devil angry. So sometimes their shadows gets burned into the ground and the devil resurrects the fallen ones. Uh, Yeah, I can believe that he was on pot cookies, I guess. He broke this fucking horseshit. Then he waits for couples to procreate and sneak into the baby's tummy and they turn the fetus something. And then Tommy says that he's seen the shadow men under his mother's bed. Um, and Tommy mentions that he's been talking to the lady in the well, Mo. That's another very important character, the lady in the well. Oh, yeah. Back at Tommy's house, uh, Tommy is, uh, his parents are in bed. Uh, oh, his mother's pregnant, by the way, which I did not notice in the uh, first segment. No, me neither. So uh, Labby's in the room, Mo. What does Labby do? Um, Doesn't he, like, rip the baby out of the mother's vagina? He rips the like fetus that? out of the mother. Just straight uh, Straight out and uh, tosses it onto the floor. And uh, the, by the way, the fetus starts crying uh, when course. that happens. Um, and then the father, uh, La- uh, Labby, bites his uh, his dick off. Oh, yeah, right. And that sounds a little something like this. Oh, you're eating my dick! <laughs> <laughs> That's like I think that might be the only amusing like like uh, read in the entire movie. Right, Though it's weird like, because it's it's I mean this whole sequence is meant to be somewhat taken seriously. I'd imagine this whole movie is meant to be taken seriously. I, it doesn't it doesn't come off as a comedy. Well, the guy did yell out, "All I have are my balls," which I can't even think of a context when I would scream that out. Well, I, I mean, like, if somebody took away my juggling clubs and rings, I would say that. Your your hobbies never cease to amaze me. <laughs> <laughs> so Labby, by the way, he kills the father after eating his dick. It seems like that's like that's uh, adding insult to injury. <laughs> or or injury to insult, I guess it would be. Yes, so. Uh, Tommy seems a little upset about his uh, his parents getting killed. Uh, Labby tells him that his dad's penis is where the sin originated. Um, and Labby then tells Tommy to scratch himself with the fetus's fingernails. So it looks like he was attacked first. I don't know why that it's not like there's any cops at all in this fucking, uh, universe that this movie takes place in. Right. Right. So then, uh, Tommy, I think says that the fetus doesn't have any nails yet. Anyway, whatever. Tommy then faints and we get a very surreal dream sequence. Where he falls into like uh like a five eyed head or something. I we see him wander through a hellish landscape surrounded by corpses. Uh voice says that the planet Earth is about to be recycled. 
Then he goes back into his house, but this is still a dream. His dad is reading the paper and asks if he's okay, and he, uh, Tommy says he's fine, and his mom is baking cookies in the kitchen. The paper, they're for e- some reason, they're evil cookies. They are evil cookies. The paper, by the way, has an article about Roswell on the front and an article about how Satan was never an angel in heaven on the back. Uh, the mother comes out oh, yeah. and she has, yeah, yeah. yeah, and the parents are dogs now. They're, they're they're dogs. Yes, they are dogs now, and they're both then covered in blood for some reason. Uh, and then there's some sort of lady who was skinless running after Tommy, and then he starts to melt. And then uh, he's back in his bedroom, and um, and then a big shadow figure says, "Did you think the lady in the well was going to bring you sunshine?" And then very briefly, the whole thing turns into an uh, Apex Twin video. <laughs> Accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Tommy wakes up from his dream, uh, and he is in his own living room. Uh, he calls out for Labby, but he is not there. So he goes to talk to the lady in the well, Mo. And I have a clip where Tommy is talking to the lady in the well. We don't ever see her, by the way, in these sequences. All we can do is hear her. Do you think we're supposed to be able to understand what she's saying? I don't, No, not at first. Not until the end when you finally do meet her. That's when right. you're supposed to understand her. Because this is what their uh, their back and forth sounds like. They say dogs are supposed to be man's best friend. I guess not. Yeah, but I'm afraid of him. I don't know what to do. Um. So he doesn't know what to do. He, I can't, like I. It's weird because a shrouded figure comes out and says that the lady in the well is correct, but I don't know what she was saying, so I don't know what she was correct in saying. Right. But he does. He asks Tommy to follow him, and then we get something very important, Mo, which is a crucified figure with a burning planet for a head. Yeah. So that I said it was. It would give Bill Zabub the ultimate boner. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's like a it's like a Christ figure, except it has a planet on fire for a head it's stupid <laughs> so uh tommy asks who that is and the shrouded figure says he's the person who makes things go bump in the night and the sun shine brightly in the daytime i mean this is such fucking nonsense i mean it really just is really tiresome fucking nonsense what i want to know is how fucking screamer claws like sober sobered up when he was done making this movie watched it and been like yeah yeah this this needs to be seen by the world well the fucked up thing is of course he would have had to have getting getting fuck he would have (laughs) to have uh recorded the audio first right so he must have written a script and recorded the audio and then animated to it so, like, was he, what, he was, how many pot cookies did he have? Did he have it for the whole thing? Was he recording the audio while high on pot cookies? I mean, maybe he was. But I will say that that um, if he thinks what he came out with has significance, he's wrong. There's nothing of significance here. But he even and, said that it doesn't have any significance. Yeah, I know. I know. So, anyway, Tommy, um, he wishes that his parents were still alive. By the way, something's about to happen. That's even more unpleasant than the uh, fetus getting ripped out and the guy's dick getting uh, bitten oh, off. Oh, yeah, right. Thanks for reminding me. Fuck. Well, it's like just about to happen. Yeah. So Tommy wishes for his parents uh, to be alive. Labby, uh, Labby's voice kind of comes on the soundtrack, says that it can be arranged. Uh, Labby says that he's not a monster. He's a messenger. 
and uh, and Labby says that he's talked to God and he can grant Tommy's wish for a small price. Tommy must give him the ultimate sacrifice, Mo, his virginity. Ugh. Tommy looks to be a, like like a prepubescent child in this. There's a lot of mm-hmm. kitty horribleness in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, the first bit of kitty horribleness happens right now where Tommy uh-huh. Tommy has sex with Labby, the dog, on top of his parents' corpses. Yeah. yeah. Now, look, that's a dog, right? Over he fucks a dog. Mm-hmm. It's well, by the way, the fetus is still on the floor during all this, too. Uh, now, this is awful. I mean, as I describe it and as you listen to it, listeners, you know that what we are saying is awful. It is awful to look at, but there is an element of distance that's created by it looking like the television show reboot from 1997 or whatever it came out. <laughs> right? I mean, you will never mistake this for a human being having sex for a dog. This is not a Linda Lovelace loop. This is just. You know, two figures being pushed together while making sexual noises. Right. Don't get me wrong; it's very, very, very unpleasant. Yeah. But it's also—I well, mean, think think about it this way. You know, Nightmare Museum was just Barbie dolls being smacked together, and that was equally unpleasant. So, yeah, yeah, that one actually just had noises stolen from porno movies. <laughs> so, in case you didn't really get the point of how unpleasant this is, let's have a little listen. Levy. Those squishing noises, though. Just a little bit longer. Do it for your parents. Oh, fuck you, Labby. Yeah, you know what? I don't like that, Labby. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) I'm going to say it right now. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't like Labby. Tommy finishes, uh, which, honestly, that's a pretty big accomplishment in and of itself. And then he starts to cry. And Labby immediately vanishes. Uh, Tommy then talks to his mother, who is covered in maggots. He apologizes to her, and but he says that he's made it good with God. He, I guess, is then expecting that his parents are going to come back to life, so he just sits with them uh, with the corpses as the days go by. He picks up the fetus from the floor and hugs it, and uh, the, the camera uh, slowly zooms out from the scene. Uh, it goes black and white, and that's the end of the first sequence. Ooh. That's the end of the first sequence. Uh, yep. Two more to go. <sighs> All right. I think we should pause here, Mo. <laughs> oh, please. Let's. How's everybody feeling about, about things so far? That good, huh? Well done. All right. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> I would say everybody raise your hand who shut this episode off already. but uh, Yeah, right. They're, they're not listening anymore, so. This is a. This is why other shows put their Patreon episodes on Patreon that other people can't fucking listen to them. Right. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to say it, but like the next story is worse than this one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's let's jump into it, <laughs> shall we? All right. So. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Please, Mo, you can start. Yeah. All right. So let me see if I get this right. Okay. So it starts off with with Tommy from the first one. Right? Yes. Covered in blood and sitting by the well. Yes. Then a man who I'm trying to remember, I believe his name was Johnny, right? 
I, I believe that's correct, Johnny. Yeah, he yeah. he shows. They already up. put his ideas into practice. Yeah, so he shows up <laughs> panting for some reason, and he's talking about killing himself. He says in a very kind of Max Payne voice, "I killed myself the other day." Right. He didn't though. Well, maybe he did. Uh, who knows? Who gives a shit? Then what do we see, Mo? <laughs> I don't know. That's where my notes end. <laughs> we see him in a church and he's stabbing someone to death. Uh, and he says that I killed myself and I buried my body underneath the floorboards. I don't really remember where. And if you want to get an idea of the kind of bullshit that is going to be coming out of his mouth, let's have a little listen. What if being born is like being awoken out of a beautiful dream? Oh, shut goes up. On, we become detached from that dream until it's almost impossible to remember it. Then as we grow older, we start having negative encounters with death until we not only forget the dream, but we fear it. Jimmy Screamer Claus really gets me, Mo. He gets me. Oh my God. I I I wish Jimmy had just left this in his high school notebook as opposed to putting this into a fucking movie. It really does. It sounds like a depressed high schooler's journal. Yeah, but it's not. Instead, it's something we had to watch and listen to and take notes on. And when I say we had to, I mean, I guess we really did have no, to. No, we Someone had to, yeah. <laughs> Somebody paid us to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so he says that bullshit, um, and then Tommy, uh, uh, yeah, Tommy from the first segment, he shows up and offers the maggot-covered fetus of his uh, brother to the guy. And it starts to cry, and it's really unpleasant to look at. Uh, and the man holds the fetus, and then it starts to rain. <laughs> Which I guess, boy, that's that's unfortunate. It's a real bad luck for this fucking guy. Uh, then the man uh, describes that this is going to be sort of the center of the plot of this one. He says that he found that there's a gland in the back of your brain that holds all of your memories, Mo. And he found a way to extract the liquid. And if you inject it, you can trick your body into opening the gland early, and you can edit your memories. This is so fucking stupid. Oh, God, is this bad? (laughs) He's doing it, Mo, so he has no memories of death, so he can better understand what has been forgotten over time. I don't get it. Oh, yeah, it's because there's nothing to get. So this church that this guy's hanging out in, Johnny, uh, he... It's kind of overrun with these shadow men, which are these large figures with the eyeball heads. Yeah. Uh, and they, they basically command him to go find more liquid memories. I don't know what they have to do with his whole plan about the gland and all that shit. doesn't matter. They say that the distortions between the worlds are glitched. Um, and then he pulls organs from the corpses to sacrifice to something trying to break through from another dimension. It is just complete twaddle. It's garbage. Um, yeah. Then we get a sequence, which I'm not sure how it fits into the narrative, where we see a bald gentleman, a military man, with two metal legs, Mo. Oh, this is foreshadowing for the next segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. But I, it certainly didn't make any sense when I was but watching this. no fucking sense for this segment. Yeah, it's like it's one of those things that when it tells you that this is what's happening later on, you're like, oh, all right. I was actually kind of happy it happened, to be honest, simply because... Even though it doesn't make sense that it appears in, in in the context of what we're viewing, at least this part proper makes sense in that there's this guy encounters a prostitute who asks if he wants a date, um, and she asks what he's into, and he tells her to get down on her knees, Mo. Uh, right. And then she starts stroking something, and we're like, oh, she's stroking that dude's dong. 
But we we see actually Mo that she's stroking his metal leg. Yeah. Then he has a flashback, Mo, of being in uniform and he's surrounded by these shirtless men with smiley faces. And I guess they're yeah, supposed I, to be like the Viet Cong or something. Oh, is that what that's supposed to be? I guess. Like, it's, some some it's sort of foreign enemy. Dumb. So they attack him and he shoots him and he stabs one of them in the eyeball. And when he stabs him, he says this. Oh, I like when the blood comes out of this. The beautiful people. The beautiful people. Um, (laughs) So then the prostitute, uh, who is not able to view his uh, weird war flashbacks, says, what are you talking about? And then he says, put your hand in my pants and work the cock. Yeah. Was that that erotic when I said that just then, Mo? Oh, it was gorgeous. Work the cock, Mo. (laughs) Later... Later, this gentleman uh, is found <laughs> laying. To that. Later, uh, he's found laying down, covered in blood, uh, still in uniform. Uh, he, I guess this is this goes back into his weird war flashback. That's right. He wakes up and his legs are missing, and the smiley guys are standing over him with his leg. Then he looks down at the prostitute, kind of snapping out of his flashback. She has a smiley face now, and he goes, "It's happened again. I've let another one sneak up on me." So he slaps her. She says, "No rough stuff." Uh, and then she seems to be glitching, but I think that's just a problem with the animation. <laughs> right. He, tell, he tells her to back off, and then he shoves his thumb in her eye, and blood squirts out. Uh, and then he, she jams a broken bottle into his neck, and he babbles as he bleeds on the ground, having a vision of those smiley-faced men. So, uh, listeners, I'm sorry I'm just reading my notes, but what am I supposed to do with that? There's nothing. This uh, Can we just skip to, like, the... No! We, just we have where we talk about like the stuff we've watched outside <laughs> of this movie. I've seen some great, interesting stuff recently, Mo. I really, honestly have, and I've got like the, a lineup of Fantasia screeners I need to watch over the next few days. The, and, the irony is that I haven't watched shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tell us more about this video game that you've been playing, Mo. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go, go ahead. Let's yeah, go ahead, let's Mo. This is the, the, I am a co-host on this show. I want you to go ahead. Uh, <laughs> all right, let so me help you off. The prostitute crawls along the street. My notes Two. say he says something as he dies, but I can't understand it. <laughs> yeah, that's that babbling I was referring to a moment ago. Right, right, right. All right, so we're back to Johnny at this point. Um, he lets the hooker in, and he's going to try to. He wants to harvest her fluid. Uh. <laughs> Basically, what ends up happening is uh, the doors open and some tentacle creature thing drags her in. She's that's true. She's crying, asking for a doctor, and um, he's just kind of sitting there. Johnny's just kind of sitting there. He does he doesn't really do anything. Yeah, he's uh, th- yeah, that's right. He's he's being very. He's too cool for school. Yeah, he's too cool for this girl with her eye knocked out, and she's basically um, begging him to 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 show any attention to her at all. Because she says, right. you know, she complains about her eye being ripped out, which, I mean, honestly, that's just something worth complaining about. And then she yeah. she says, I feel like these might be my last moments alive. I feel death approaching me, which I'm sure is exactly the kind of thing someone who's dying says. Um, sure. And then she yells, am I so disgusting to you that you can't reach out and help me? Yeah. He comes over, Mo, in his jeans and his terrible looking jacket. And he asks her, Mo, what does death feel like? 
And she says, I feel cold. Please hold me. Hold me until I die. Which is strange. I mean, look, Mo, I'm, I, an eye wound like this where someone gouges out your eye, it's terrible. It happened to Vader. Rest in peace. Um, it's not a good thing. I don't think you would die from it. You wouldn't. No, but she died. She's dying. She's, she's yeah. grown cold. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, and so, I mean, he helps her out. He slits her throat with a big old knife. Uh, and he says, um, this is so fucking stupid. He says on the soundtrack that he accidentally applies pressure to the wound, making the blood come out slower, and it makes her die slower. He makes her suffer longer, Mo, so he can feel a few more minutes of this beautiful sensation. Can you tell, Mo, I wrote way too many notes on this stupid goddamn movie? Yeah. Can you tell that I didn't write enough? (laughs) He takes her brain juice, Mo, and he injects it into himself, and then his face starts to melt. Yeah, and if anybody cares, this is where I ended my first session. (laughs) If if you're listening right now, I'd recommend maybe coming back in a few hours. We hear a scary voice on the soundtrack, Mo. It tells uh, Johnny to come inside and stay with us or something. Um, he, he's flying through a tunnel, uh, lays into the hand of some giant cat thing. Just remember, by the way, I watched this over a week ago. I have no memory of any of this that I'm talking about right now. And then I think Johnny talks about uh, his childhood dog, Mo. And it is uh, not Labby. It's uh, Scruffles. Scruffles. And he says this. He was the best dog. Dog's name is Scruffles. Me and Scruffles used to play all day long. And then he died on April 30th. It was the first time that anything close to me had died. Okay, that's a downer. So, how did Scruffles die, Mo? Do you recall? Uh. No. <laughs> so, Scruffles was allergic to the rain. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, and like, um, it gave him hives. Hives, that's and, right. And, and I remember, like, what what happened? Like, his his face swelled shut or something yeah, like that? Yeah, apparently one day the, it was so bad that the hives swelled up his eyes, and I guess it ended up killing him. Man, this Probably, probably really... should have kept old uh, Scruffles out of the rain if it gave him yeah. hives like, that could kill him. Yeah, here's the thing. This dude has a lot of weird misconceptions about the eyes being able to kill you super easy. Yeah, I guess. Well, the eyes are the window to the soul, Mo. I read that somewhere. I didn't. Oh, and then now, instead of being with Scruffles, now the guy is in a field of sunflowers, and the kid version of him, uh, without a face, this, this for some reason his child version of himself, does not have a face, and he's killing a rabbit for some reason, and his sister approaches him and says that she's telling Mom... And he runs after her. Then his mother yells at him. Do you remember any of this? <laughs> Fuck yes, I do. God. This then leads into, you mentioned tentacles a moment ago, Mo. Mm-hmm. And we see some weird tentacle sex. There's a suggestion that his mother raped him as a child. Um, then his sister uh, catches him dissecting something else. He then talks to a grown-up version of his sister who's, who's like, tied up and surrounded by, like, a hellscape. Well, here's the th- here's No, but here's the thing, though. Okay, so we show him... They show him with a dead bird. Yes. And here's the fucked-up part. Yeah, this is the fucked-up part. <laughs> yeah, is that the... No, this is the fucked-up part. The, the sister promises not to tell the mom about the dead bird, mm-hmm. but he insists. He said, no, no, that's your job to tell mom. 
implying that he enjoyed what he was doing. Oh, yeah. I guess that would be a implication there that is very, very unpleasant to think about. Yeah. So his sister, his grown-up version of his sister, tells him that um, she tried to believe God was watching them and loved them. But the older they got, the more it seemed like he was looking the other way. Then she turns into a giant moth. Makes sense. She then says that she could, that he could have saved him or her, I guess, but instead he did nothing. Which, like, which the, the child is still supposed to be him. Like, like who was supposed to save who? Why? How could he have saved his sister? By the way, my notes at this point say this movie is so far up its own ass it can smell its last meal. So Johnny falls into a big circle of eyes <laughs> with tentacles. Um. There's some sort of many armed slash legged beast. Yeah, and like the sister, <laughs> and like the sister isn't like the sister chanting like he's watching you and he loves yes, you like the whole absolutely time. yeah yeah. So uh, we see some crows picking at a baby's eyes. Uh, some people fucking in the church. For a second, um, I was really hoping we had gone back to reality at this point, but it's still a dream. Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone tells the guy to kill himself. Uh, anyway, he wakes up, Mo. Uh, a giant jack-in-the-box head springs out of the well. (laughs) Oh, and Labby! Labby shows up, Mo. Labby is someone we can respect and love. Labby the dog is here to say this. Heaven is just a fantasy you dream about while you're burning in hell. Okay. I enjoyed this less than Je- Jesus Christ Hero Wavist. Wow. Yeah. That's saying that's saying something. I know. So so you only you only had like a little clip of of Labby's like monologue here. Yeah. Like he go- he goes on for several minutes. Do you think our listeners would appreciate if I had several minutes of Labby playing right now? I'm I'm really glad you, I know, I don't care about them. I care that <laughs> I care that you don't have several <laughs> minutes of Labby. No offense, guys, but my ears have to sit here and listen to this. You can fast forward. I can't. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so he talks for several minutes, and it gets to it. It just gets to the point where like the stuff he's saying is so nonsensical and so idiotic that like you get to the point where you just like it's all meaningless, and you stop paying attention. And like next thing you know, you realize he stopped talking, and you're lost to where the movie is. Well, honestly, you could have listened to every word, and you'd still be equally lost. I would figure. Fair um, enough. So, right now, it's made a little bit clearer that Johnny is actually trapped in the memories of the prostitute. So, I I don't know how much you're supposed to be able to like in that weird dream sequence he just had. Like maybe the woman who was tied up wasn't his sister. Maybe it was the prostitute. Anyway, Labby says that she knows your testicles are filled with the tears of God. We see a woman holding up a newborn two crows. Uh, we see a, we see a woman bloodily masturbating, uh, except there's the a vagina. Lot of, yeah, there's a lot of weird demon masturbation. And in this case, the vagina has been replaced with a baby's head. Because there's nothing creepy about that. Uh, we see children doing uh, like ring around the rosy, except it's uh, black tentacles uh, that they're uh, circling around. Um Labby says that he lives within him. There's a flashback of his mother telling him to get over the death of Scruffles. And now there's lots of masturbating. And I think, uh, what is Labby eating some ass here? I think so. Yeah, and he has a human face in this particular sequence. 
Sure. Actually, he has Johnny's face. Johnny, I'm sorry. Won't you come on home? Remember that song? Fine young no. cannibals, Mo. Okay. She drives See, every- me crazy. You know, it's funny because every time we mention Johnny here, I'm thinking of the song, Johnny, Are You Queer? Oh, I was thinking again earlier of Johnny from The Room, which is why I said that uh, the bank has already put his ideas into practice. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, so what happens now is that he somehow in his own memory of Scruffles being uh, being killed or dying... And he saves Scruffles, I think, to make his bad memory into a good one. Yeah. So that's actually a pretty interesting idea. I wish it made sense. Going into dream. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any goddamn sense, though. You're going into a dream to make a bad memory a good one, but it's still what happened. We see a flashback, or at least ostensibly a flashback, where his sister tells Johnny that they can run away and join the carnival. Uh, Labby tells Johnny that his sister doesn't understand him, and he tells him to make her feel like you do, make her feel broken inside. And then he tells her that they have to die together, and he chases after her with a big knife. And then suddenly they are they are at a carnival. So the idea, I think, is that he's changing that memory as well, that instead of like doing something to do with his sister with that knife, that, that they went to a carnival. Sure. And, he, and Johnny says, the carnival was one of my fondest childhood memories. I gave it to her. It seems like the least I could have done. And then some multi-eyed creature eats them, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's dumb. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's listen to what, uh, what Tommy has to say. Today, I am a better man. Because today, I'm one memory closer to forgetting death. Uh, so then he puts a gun in his head and shoots himself. Yeah. So man, I am sapped. <laughs> can we can we finish recording this tomorrow? No. <laughs> We're, honestly, we are legitimately through the hardest part of this. I guess isn't it? Is that the end of? No, wait. This segment is not even over yet, is it? It's yeah, almost no, over. Not yet. Yeah, it's not it's, done yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's pretty much over. Because- oh, yeah, right. Okay, I, yeah, I just I just noticed where Chapter 3 starts, so, yeah. All right, we're close. Yeah, well, I mean, Chapter 3 is as long as the first two chapters together, but aside from that, we're close. Sure. Okay. okay. We, 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 the, Johnny's dead. <laughs> That's good. Um, Tommy, from the first segment, he's hugging the fetus again. We see a shadow man crawl, crawl out from under his bed. Um, and it tells him to clean up the mess, the mess being his parents' corpses from the first section. Yeah. Yeah. So they tell him, hack up the bodies, hack up the bodies and bring them to them. And he kisses his, uh, mother's head goodbye as he's hacking it up. Um, then Tommy sets the room on fire and he says, their souls are flying to the clouds flooded with memories of you. He buries their corpses. Um, then we see Tommy on a payphone, and we hear crying on the other end. Why? Is I, that? I I took it as moaning. Moaning. Okay. Why? To be edgy. I oh, okay. Know. All right. Yeah. Part three. Third section is called "The Masks That the Monsters Wear," and if you 
Uh, it's funny because, Mo, we have been referring to this as the best segment of the movie, which is absolutely the case. It still is absolutely awful. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's... And it probably has more unpleasant material in it than the other two. Yeah. Starting off with some pretty racist cartoons on TV. Tell me about the racist cartoons, Mo. All right. So it opens up with uh, there's a kid in a ski mask uh, watching a cartoon about a bear and a rabbit. And, um, like, the rabbit asks him, like, does he notice anything about her? And he's like, I notice you don't have a beer for me or something nonsense. Um, <laughs> you know, and uh, she says she, like, I, he starts talking about how, like, he am I going to have to bitch slap you? And how, like, it'd go a lot better if, uh, if I had something to weigh down my hand. He's basically saying, get me a beer, you know? Yeah, yeah, because he's, um, he, he is, as they say, a brown bear. Right, right. You know, so she wants to go for a walk and he starts complaining. He's like, well, what if a basketball game breaks out? How am I supposed to play in my worn out Nikes? You know, and he's, it's it's so fucking horrible. Um, There's also a quick commercial of a dog in front of a flag talking about just saying no. Just say no sure. to drugs. And then we get a voiceover from this person in the ski mask that you refer to. It is a child in the ski mask. This is Ralph. And his uh, the first thing he says is... I wasn't my mom's first pregnancy. Her womb was scraped more times than a windshield in the wintertime. She was left barren after I was born. Her womb was scraped more times than a windshield in wintertime. Oh. Yeah. Ralph is the most uh, sympathetic of any of the characters in this movie, which still means not very. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's just describe Ralph. So Ralph wears a ski mask all the time. The reason being is that he was born a uh, Siamese twin. Uh, I, I guess a conjoined twin is what I should say. And the conjoined twin is growing out of the side of his head. It doesn't actually like it's not really alive or or it yeah, doesn't. Yeah, it's it's stillborn. Yeah, um, and, but it's just a face basically. Yeah. And uh, he just wears the ski mask to cover that up, and it seems sort of like his parents like the stillborn uh, conjoined twin part of him more than they like him. Oh, they absolutely do. And they share uh, the doc. They we see a doctor, um, where who says that the Siamese twins often share organs, and in this case, they share a brain, which I don't see how that makes any sense at all. But well, the uh, funny thing is, is that he says he says it's only connected by a small piece. And that it would be super easy to get rid of the face. Right. You know, they could do reconstructive surgery. But the parents are all hopped up on the Jesus juice. Yes. And uh, and they feel like it would be murder to to remove this this face from the side of the other one's body. Yeah. So it's the mother says God has a divine plan for all of us and we <clears throat> must not intervene. And also Ralph mentions that uh, the 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 twin part of him causes seizures and hallucinations, and he sometimes sees hellish imagery, um, and that will play out for the rest of this sequence. Mm -hmm. Later on, Ralph is at the dinner table, Mo, wearing his mask, uh, and his father, his father, not a very nice guy, tells him to take the mask off at the dinner table, and uh, his mother wants, I guess, him to feed his brother on the side of his head? Yeah. And then they accuse him of killing uh, the brother... And right. Ralph. Yeah, he goes. Yeah, he goes to feed the baby. He goes the baby. He goes to feed the not face. the baby. 
<laughs> and whatever he's trying to feed it falls out and they uh, you know they what do they say like they end up uh yeah they emotionally abuse him about the death of the other twin and they force him to go and stay in his room and pray for forgiveness exactly and then we learn that ralph has found the love of his life mo but she was already broken beyond repair so this is like a love story very sweet uh, and we see that there's a, <laughs> we see a, se- a sequence of him in school and a girl says that she likes his drawings, which, by the way, he, he draws really disturbing things, as you can probably imagine, uh, like the Shadow Man and Labby. So Labby's going to be around here as well. And he says it's like she's got a light inside her and it shines so bright it lights up the darkness inside of me. Oh, Mo, it's very sweet. I think this is all going to go really well for old Ralph. Of course it is. So, so he talks to the girl in the well. Um, he says that he's read that a girl's relationship with her father shapes all of her relationships in the future, Mo. And guess what her father likes to do, Mo? <sighs> so he goes to talk to the father because, like he says, he wants to get on, on the father's good side. Mm-hmm. The father says, says, well, didn't you know she's famous? She's done films. Now, once again, let's let's reiterate, these children are like... 10, I guess, something along those lines. Very, very they're, young children. Yeah, they're they're kid kids. Let's yeah. also reiterate that these children look like Pixar movies from 1985. <laughs> right. Yeah, th- thank goodness. Yes, thank goodness. So Ralph, uh, as you mentioned, Ralph uh, talks to the father. The father says she's famous. And he tells, her, tells Ralph that he can buy one of her films for $50. And the father says that she's naked in it. So basically, Ralph buys child pornography from this gentleman, uh, and I, and he goes home and watches it. And I did not get any audio from this because I don't want to be put on a fucking watch list. Um, Thank but, you. But it is, it's really bad. <laughs> it's really it's not like, cool. It's, it's legitimate. Yeah, there, there's a couple of scenes in this one, <clears throat> whereas I'm all for like legitimately disturbing film in fact i'd like to think it's one of the things i'm known for um is my knowledge (laughs) for the people i talk to mo you're definitely known for it (laughs) (laughs) no i'm already on whatever list. (laughs) not worried about that but i mean like you know like like i i mean shit i did you know a, a whole thing about disturbing films for like over the course of a year so i mean like you know, I, I I know about disturbing films. I've seen a, a, a too many, too many for any human being. And I'm not gonna lie, this whole thing, like the like the couple of scenes that take place while they're while they're talking about and doing like the kitty porn stuff, legitimately disturbed me more than than anything else I've seen. Yes. So this is. And- but it also pissed me off because it's like disturbing for disturbing sake. Like yeah. there's no com there's no content to it. So Ralph goes back to the girl's father and uh he basically says that she was crying during the video and the father says that she was just acting. Uh and she, then he says that she was crying because you weren't the one fucking her. Oh Mo, this movie. <laughs> this fucking movie. And then he tells Mo uh, t- tells Mo. <laughs> The father, really, no. the father tells <laughs> tells Ralph to watch the tape again. Ralph does so, Mo, and then he masturbates while doing it. Sure. And his father catches him and says, "This you better not be touching yourself. Remember, it's not just your cock you're jerking off; it's also your brother's." It's a uh, it's unpleasant, really, really, mm-hmm. really, really unpleasant. Um, 
And also there's no, like, again, Ralph is the most sympathetic character and he is in this sequence jerking off to child pornography. Yep. So then Sophie, that is the girl uh, that uh, Ralph uh, uh, likes, her father starts getting pissed at her because uh, a customer, Ralph, complained about her crying. And uh, he decides to teach her a lesson. Mo, and how does he teach her a lesson? So he's got this mask that he makes her wear that's got a bit of, that's got like a hook on the forehead. Uh-huh. And what he does is he hangs her from the ceiling by the mask. Yes. It's like a uh, gas mask, except like chained up to the ceiling. Right. Pretty fucking uh, ridiculous. Pretty fucking ridiculous. Yes. This movie is pretty fucking ridiculous. So uh-huh. then we see, we see Ralph walking through the woods and great Mo Labby is there. Yeah. And Labby asks to Ralph what the woman in the well said, and she said that uh, told him to be there for her and help her, and eventually she'll come around. So basically, the lady in the well told Ralph to be there for uh, Sophie. Right. Labby says that the woman in the well is jealous of him and Sophie spending time together, uh, and then Labby says to follow him, which leads to Labby saying this. And then Ralph falls into a hole full of eyeballs. <laughs> yeah, the old hole full of eyeballs. Classic. Then what happens, Mo? Um, I'm trying to think. So, like, so, like, he ends up getting sucked down into it, right, or something to that effect, and like a shadow guy. Who might be the dog, because they have the same voice, mm-hmm. uh, tells him that he can change her. Yeah. And that all he, and that if he, he's got to basically like, you know, show her what it means to be really loved. And he tells him to touch the wall, mm-hmm. which is made out of hands. <laughs> uh huh. And from here, he gets transformed into this, this weird, <laughs> multi mouthed kid he's got mouths all over his body (laughs) and uh sophie's there and she has split down the middle and she has a bunch of eyeballs coming out of her insides yeah lips and eyeballs all the way down (laughs) yeah lips and eyeballs all the way down and all the lips are going uh, all the eyeballs are going to find all the lips and next thing you know, it's big lip and eyeball orgy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think she starts spewing eyeballs, too, as one does. And just for the record, just for the record, I recollected all of that from memory. <laughs> because my notes just say, it gets weird. <laughs> Back to the real world, uh, we see Sophia's brother. Uh, so Sophia actually has a brother who's very complicit in all this stuff. He pushes her down because apparently she told on him or something. And then Ralph comes over and hits her brother in the head with a rock. Um, yeah. Also, apparently, you know, the, the fu- it just goes to show you how bad this dude is at naming characters because the brother's name is also Johnny. Oh, okay. Well, Johnny had the thing that he got told on about. I guess is that he decapitated a cat because oh. we see a decapitated cat there. 
Uh, Ralph takes Sophia away and shows her his bug collection, uh, says that his mother hates bugs. Um, and Sophia says that they're stuck forever, which is kind of like being dead, only slower and sadder. And then she has an idea and they run through the woods together, Mo, and they have a great, wonderful, innocent time. We see the place where she plants flowers and vegetables uh, and the well is nearby because it seems to always be nearby. And Sophia says she wants to show him something and they watch the moon together and she says it's beautiful. Then she asks him to take off his mask um, and uh, she promises not to make fun. He does take it off and uh, she she asks to touch his brother. She does. And um, and then she says she's had the happiest day of her life. Right. There's actually a, a, a moment here where she asks him, like, why he shaves his head. Yes. And he explains that the parents do that so that the hair won't grow over the brother because they feel like if it does, he'll forget about it. Yeah, so that's great. So they're trapping bugs together. Um, and I think Ralph says, I'm sure this happy moment will last. <laughs> uh, or maybe I wrote, wrote it because I was so cynical about what the fuck is going on here. They jump up and down. <laughs> Sophia says that it's late and she should go. And she says that she's going to meet him there tomorrow. And she gives him a kiss. Uh, and then Ralph says a lot of stalkery stuff where he says, I feel honored to breathe the same air as her. Um, her lungs filter out all the pollution. We're connected forever and nothing can take that away from us. Um, and when Ralph comes home, his parents are upset and his father starts choking him for some reason. Um, I don't know. I guess because he stayed out so late. Honestly, they talk about him disrupting them because they're like, oh, can't we get a moment of peace? Yeah, I guess were they fucking or something? So they must have been fucking or something. But it's never explicitly implied of what's actually happening. So then Ralph is walking through a field of sheep. (laughs) As you do. And one of them is cut open with its eyeballs, with eyeballs pouring out of it. Uh, And then Sophia's father's head is on one of the baby sheep that are there. And there's also a Sophia sheep and she's laughing while blood pours out. (sighs) Then Ralph's father shows up and says this. Oh wait, no, he just That must be old Labby. The animals start to reject you. You see, you speak the language of man. But we speak the language of God. He marks you so we know not to interact with you. Anyway, that's kind of that's kind of Labby's whole deal. Uh yeah. Ralph gets a gun. Um, there's a skinless horse with a broken leg. He shoots it. And now we see that it wasn't a horse at all. It was a child that he shot. And they're screaming on the soundtrack. I think this is all supposed to be like a hallucination. Uh, because he had like a... Um, his brother gave him um, a seizure. Right. We see Ralph, uh, Ralph's father throwing him on the floor and saying this. You disgusting. You are not of my seed. You're not of my seed, you piece of shit. You filthy fucking mother's twat squatted you out you make me fucking want to puke so they don't have a very strong relationship i would say he seems very loving so uh then ralph goes over to sophie's house again and talks to her father uh, who says look who's back for more so sophia's father brings ralph inside and he tells him he's going to be the star in the new film mo uh, Sophia does not seem very happy about this at all, but Sophia's father does uh, suggest to Ralph that he should get in there and and have sex with Sophia. She begs him to stop, Mo. This is all really, really, really terrible and not yes. 
I would prefer not to be talking about it. All right, so let's just skip over. Let's that. yeah. So uh, let's uh, see. <laughs> she yeah. We'll, we'll just we'll just we'll leave the comment. It gets rapey, and then uh, move on. There's to the next there's. Thing, I, I look at my notes. It's like demonic and sexual imagery. Uh, yeah, he like hallucinates about her being covered in blood with the sheep. Yeah. Uh, uh, Labby tells him to use his magic monster. touch to comfort her. Ralph worries he's doing something wrong. Um, we see Sophia hanging from the mask again and again. Right. And we see the father telling, yeah, you're right. The other kid's name, Johnny, tells him to get the sticks. So I guess. One step ahead of you, dad. The father punches Ralph, uh, tells him that he better not tell anyone. Tells him that he's just another chicken shit mutant freak. Ralph runs out the door and he's surrounded by bugs. And he runs away and falls down the well. Sure. Then we see Tommy from the first segment. He's talking to the lady mm. in the well. Uh, she's telling him that the dog, uh, Labby, isn't any good. Which actually I've kind of figured out at this point. Um, yeah. And then she gets upset uh, she has wings, the lady in the well does, and she says this to him. That's great. Uh, but you hear how the talking is going now? Yeah. Now that we're later in the movie. And like everybody's talking like that now. With the and the oh, it's a stylistic choice, Mo. Stylistically sure irritating. Sure uh, Sophia yeah. gets pissed off at him because she said that his bugs ate all of her flowers. Um, she tells him that her whole life people have treated her like she doesn't matter. And he said that he was trying to turn her bad memory into a good one. That's why he had sex with her, I guess. Uh, and she says a part of her will always love him no matter what he does to her. So anyway, they're both very, very damaged people. Ralph goes. Mm-hmm. So this. OK, we're, we're getting to the end now. Ralph goes home. His father tells him to come into the living room. And his father is watching the video of him having sex with Sophia. And his father says that he's had sex with Sophia as well. And he says some unpleasant things, which I will not repeat here. All right. Well, I'll say though. Okay. He says that they, he says that the following weekend they should go down together and double team her. Yes. Yeah. Fucking gross. Labby shows up and says, "As your eyes are welling up with tears of shame, your father's is full of tears of pride." Yeah, and then Ralph, I believe, uh, finds a bat and beats his father to death. He does get a bat. Prob- yeah. Which is probably the most justified death in this movie. <laughs> Ralph says this. Sometimes I think that there's a monster inside of me. That's because there is. But if you make your your insides as as unpleasant as possible, then, then the monster will leave. So back at Sophia's house, there's some really unpleasant stuff going on. As you can imagine. Ralph comes over, Mo. Yeah. Ralph comes over and he shoots the stranger who's in the room, which he's doing something really terrible, as you can imagine. Sophia's father blows a kiss to him, and Ralph then shoots Sophia's father in the head. Uh, there's some grainy footage of that military guy with no legs, um, for some reason, from the second segment. 
No, it's that's that's the guy oh, who that's, was that's the yeah. guy that he just shot, right? The Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Labby comes over and says that he's proud of him, but says that there's one more person standing in the way and that he's a leech and he's sucking the life out of you. Um and then he uses uh, a broken bottle to cut off of his conjoined twin. We get lots and lots of hellish imagery here. Uh, he tells Labby to get away from him. Sophia comes too, and she says she can't feel the pain anymore. And she said that Ralph saves her, saved her from her dad. And then a dazed Ralph heads to the well. He approaches a rabbit who bites him. <laughs> that he tries to talk to the woman in the well, but she refuses to say anything. Uh, and he starts to cry. That shrouded figure from the second segment, he shows up and he says that she's a complex creature, but will eventually come around. And he tells him that it was never about love. It was obsession. And it could be tricky to tell the two apart, which is actually the only honest thing in this entire fucking movie. Tells him to lay down and go to sleep. And in the morning, everything will be easier, I promise. And uh, then we see that the shrouded figure has a face growing out of his head. And that's the end of the movie. Oh, my God. Are we done? We're... Written and directed and animated by Jimmy Screamer Claus. Good night, folks. <laughs> uh, this uh, this movie was made was uh, its closing credits say that it was made in tribute to Jennifer English, who does one of the voices in the movie. Um, how sad that she, her possibly last acting appearance was in this fucking thing. Yeah. So the three segments, as you can probably imagine, were kind of made separately and then are joined together very vaguely in the context of the movie itself. Um, but uh, it doesn't really matter. It's so fucking bad. I mean, this is so bad. It's weird because it's not badly made. Like, even the recording of the audio is really... It's actually very professionally done. And, yeah. and there's obviously... He's put tons and tons of work into this. This must have... You know, just been a really just massive amount of work to create from start to finish. Because this is a full-length movie. This is a full-length, animated, you know, ultra-low-budget movie. And to that uh, end, it's it's a huge accomplishment. But it is a fucking bummer to watch, man. Yeah, it's just absolutely. really, it just bummed me out. And again, we both watched it in, like, separate sittings. And if I watched this, if I sat down and watched this from beginning to end, I would have been so goddamn bummed out. I just... This is not 2018 is not the time to watch this movie. It's already so much no. of a bummer already and this is just <laughs> the, you know but I you know I, I was telling Mo before we started recording if you just want to feel depressed just read the fucking news. Just just read it. You don't need this movie to make you feel bad and the the horrible things that are happening in this movie they happen in real life too. Uh so seeing it kind of played out in this cartoonish frame that has no sense of humor about itself not even like a dark sense of humor, even though there's a couple of lines that are kind of darkly humorous. It's generally, this is a movie that takes itself seriously and is so far it's up its own ass that it's kind of licking its tonsils. Oh, that's much better than than the than what I said. What did you say? I said it's so far up its own ass that it can smell its last meal. Oh, that's good. That's I. L- let's say that both of them are good. <laughs> Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Mo on the no budget nightmare scale of one to a hundred, <laughs> which we've never talked about before. Where does where the dead go to die uh, uh, rank? Well, what's good and what's bad? Mm. Excellent first question. Uh, on a scale of science crazed to zombie. Uh, What's the first Todd Sheets zombie movie? Is it zombie 
well, Zombie Rampage was 98, I want to say. No, no it's that, 89, no, it could, it wasn't couldn't it? have been. Yeah, 89. Well, uh, no, let's, let's, okay, let, we could do this. What's, what's the, we, it's not like we haven't had an episode where we ranked all the movies that we fucking saw. Uh, yeah, what, what if we say, what if we say, uh, Science Crazed to, um, Nightmare Museum? All right. On a, on a scale of science crazed nightmare museum, very wide scale. <laughs> where does this where does this one sit? I'd say this one sits uh, a little closer to nightmare museum. A, a lot closer to nightmare museum. I would say I would say this actually ranks right up there with human behavior. But human behavior is just like traditionally boring. To the point where I can't remember yeah. anything about it. It has right, thankfully exactly. lost. And I have a feel and I have a feeling that within two weeks I will have forgotten everything that happened in this movie. Maybe. I think some of the imagery is going to stick <laughs> with me, but not in the way that it's like disturbing. More along the lines of it's right. just like it's just like I wish I didn't have to have talked and uh, talked about this and and memorized portions of it and wrote notes on it. Um, sure. But anyway, the great news, Mo, this is gonna make your day is we never have to watch or talk about where the dead go to die ever again. Good, because I won't. <laughs> Except, Mo, I've, I'm just going to invite you onto a brand new podcast called Where the Dead Go to Die, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be the same episode every week. It's like those guys that watch what was it, Grown Ups Two, week after week. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? There was a, Why? No. The, the whole idea was the podcast where they, a group of friends, they got together and watched the same movie every single week. And the movie was grown ups too. And then they would record a podcast on it every single day, week. How do you maintain that? I think, I think it, you, I think the, the humor comes from trying to maintain it. Oh, okay. Cool. Mo. What are we watching on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares? Is it going to be one of Jimmy Screamer Claw's uh, CG follow-ups to Where the Dead Go to Die? Dude, I don't even remember what we what we decided on. No, I know you haven't. <laughs> I have it right here in front of me. <laughs> I didn't write it down, so... <laughs> I fucking forgot. From Bleeding Skull Video, we are going to watch 1986's Cards of Death. Directed, oh, right. directed yeah. and written and starring Will McMillan. Uh, this is a movie I have not seen. I've heard a lot of good things about. I know it's on Shudder in the States. So uh, if you have that, which I imagine a lot of uh, our listeners do, you can check out Cards of Death from the year 1986, which we will be featuring mercifully on the next episode of No Budget Nightmares, Mo. God, God I hope this doesn't suck. I pick this specifically because I have a strong feeling that it will not suck. All right. Uh, hey! Have I ever steered you wrong before? Uh, yes. It's been known to happen, Mo, but not this time. <laughs> this time, you can trust me, sir. Uh, okay. Look, Bleeding Skull—they know what's good and what's not. So if they put this out, it—you know—they—they they put out, uh, I believe, a the home video release of Heavy Metal Massacre, which somebody tried to tell you, Mo, that it was so bad that we would somehow uh, that that we would they would be able to relate to us mo because they were watching something so bad like heavy metal massacre while we were watching well that was Ky- that was Kyle they were I watching know. it for bloodbaths and I know and I'm not trying to to uh uh minimize their stress in regards to it but heavy metal massacre I would watch that I would watch that again right now I enjoy watching yeah, that movie absolutely yeah yeah, G- yeah give no, give I this fucking movie a go give where the dead go to die a little watch 
Enjoy yeah, that. We're not, even say, we're not even saying watch hip hop locos or fucking nightmare museum. Give this a go. Uh, well, where can people find out more about this podcast, which I'm sure they had a great time listening to. You know what? I've, I've noticed that a lot of our audience really enjoys listening to us. So I know they do. It, it so, kind of so that bums me out too. So I guarantee you that at least 45% of the people who listen to this will be like, yeah, that was a good episode. <laughs> well, I can tell you, having almost finished this episode, it does not feel like a good episode. It feels no, like a very poor episode. But that is – I blame the movie. I do not blame Mo and myself. I feel like we're yeah. as on the ball as we've ever been. It just happens to but be I- this soul-crushing goddamn movie. It'll all polish up in the edit. Yeah. Uh, oh, but man. anyway, if they if they wanna if they wanna find us online, they can go to facebook.com slash groups slash or is it backslash whatever groups um no bunch of nightmares all one word or just do a search for no bunch of nightmares, you'll find us. We're, <laughs> join the group, join the conversation. It's uh it's a nice little community we got. Maybe we're not as there. on the ball as I thought now that I, I hear us do I'm our play. Never, I'm never on the ball with this shit. Uh, you can find us over on Twitter. Yeah. At, that's a fun That's a fun one. At No Budget Podcast. Uh, you can also follow Mo on Twitter. He's at Drunk on VHS. And I'm on there as well at, at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. E-Y. You can always find. Hey, Doug, do we, Doug, do we have uh, 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 an internet presence that's not social media that they can go to? To NoBudgetPodcast.com where they can subscribe to us on iTunes and check out all of our older episodes. And if you want to check out their most recent episode, it usually shows up over at dorkshelf.com you can of course also support us on patreon so you can pick one of our fucking horrible movies that ruin my entire week uh over uh the link is actually on the nobudgetpodcast.com website so that's great uh mo you have a new a new podcast we gotta get we gotta get rid of that (laughs) we gotta get rid of that Uh, i honestly i gotta i gotta fix up (laughs) i People like to support us, and honestly, I'm not that great about giving the perks. So, uh, but like when people reach out and they're like, "Hey, I'm supposed to pick a movie," I'm like, "Oh, that's right. Uh, okay, what do you want us to yeah. watch?" And then it's like, "Oh no, no, not when the dead go to die." Anyway, yeah. Mo, you have a brand, uh, yeah, brand new podcast. Tell us all about it. I do. I have a brand new podcast that focuses almost solely on obsessions. Like the original idea, the original idea was supposed to be about like nerdy shit, subculture stuff, fandoms, pop culture, that sort of thing. But I've noticed as I'm getting into like the, I think I'm in the fourth episode now that really the main subject of the show is, has become obsessions. And I kind of dig that. The show is called alt nerd obsessive. Um, if you were to spell it out, it's alt.nerd.obsessive. Um, and if you get the reference, then you're awesome. But um, uh, yeah, that's over at After Movie Diner. Uh, they're hosting us for that, which is very cool of John and and the gang over there. Uh, we also, because uh, me and my co-host over there uh, are very involved in uh in video games at first it was friday the 13th and now it's dead by daylight um we have a youtube channel that features almost exclusively uh game well it's all gameplay footage but it's almost exclusively friday the 13th and dead by daylight clips um and that you just do a search on youtube for uh alt alt nerd obsessive podcast 
We didn't mention any, uh, anywhere throughout the episode, by the way, Mo, some of the voices that were in where the dead go to die. Uh, I feel like that that was a uh, uh, a limitation in regards to what our, our discussion, because like Linnea Quigley did Sophia's mom's voice. Uh, Joey Smack did the voice of Ralph, Tommy's dad, and the legless war vet. Uh, Ruby LaRocca did Sophia... Uh, the hooker, the lady in the well. Anyway, there's some names. You just go over to IMDb and check out their backgrounds. I just don't feel like talking about that movie anymore. Yeah. Mo, have you watched any interesting things lately that are not video games? Um, not a lot, to be honest. Uh, I've been doing a, a revisit of Parks and Recreation. Oh. Because I just, I just finished my revisit of The Office because it tends to go like that. It's The Office, then Parks and sure. Rec, and then I usually do, then I do 30 Rock. Um, and I do, I seem to do all of those in this weird, like three or four month rotation where it seems to be like, those are the only shows I ever fucking watch anymore. Um, I did watch a couple of movies though. I watched in Bruges, which is one of my favorite movies of all oh, time. That's terrific. Um, uh, man, I, I just, I, I fucking love it. Mm-hmm. And let's see what else did I watch? Um, I know I got it here somewhere where I watch. <laughs> Oh, I watched The Founder again for some reason. I don't know. I felt like watching it. And uh, which one is that? It was that's the one with Michael. Oh yeah, The Founder of McDonald's. uh, Right, right, right. McDonald's. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, just as good, just as good the second time. I was really worried it was going to be a one watcher. I was going to like you know those movies you watch them once and then you never want to. Yeah, most movies. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, that is most movies. But I watched it the second time, and it's just as enjoyable the second time around. So nothing wrong with that. Yeah, believe it or not, in the weeks that we've been away, been away I've watched two movies. I, uh, I've i been watching lots and lots of movies because I'm part of this really large project for uh, the podcast Under the Stairs, where, we're, um, where they're going through all the best horror movies of the 1980s, so they're breaking it down by year, and then they're having podcasters for each year make top ten lists. In the episode, they come up with a top two, and then they have a top two from every year of the decade where there's going to be a round table where we try to make a top 10 out of those, uh, which is like a months long project. We did it for, that's ambitious. We did it for the seventies last year. Yeah. 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 So I've been watching a lot of eighties horror movies, but uh, aside from that, uh, I went to Toronto this past weekend because they were showing all of the lone wolf and cub movies at the Royal cinema in Toronto uh, two each night. Uh, I couldn't stay there for the whole weekend, so I only saw the first two, but uh, I never thought I'd get to see those movies on the big screen. So I was really happy to see uh, Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance, and Lone Wolf and Cub, especially the second one, Baby Carter, the River Sticks, uh, which was just uh, amazing. But I also saw this movie, Mo, this Chinese movie called Animal World, which just came out. Um, Michael Douglas is in it. Um and it's really, really strange if you don't know anything about it. It's weird. It's Chinese, but it's based on a Japanese manga. But it's marketed with this kill, like this image of this killer clown. Um, uh-huh. But when you watch it, it's about this guy who um, gets into really bad financial trouble. So he gets kidnapped and brought to this gambling boat where all of these people from all walks of life have to play games of rock, paper, scissors using these cards. So they have three rock, three paper, three scissors. And then there's a counter up telling like how many uh, are still in play. And the idea is 
they also have these stars on their neck. So every time they lose a hand, they have to give a star to the other person. And if you have three stars and get rid of all your cards, you get to go up to the next level of, or you basically get to live. And if you, uh, if the timer runs out and you haven't done that, then you're basically either, I guess, killed or sent to have experiments done on you or something like that. And that's the plot of the movie. Huh. Doesn't that sound weird? So it's basically, it's all about like, uh, math. Really, it's a movie that's all about like probability and things like that. But all the advertising right. is about these fantasy sequences the guy has about being this this like killer clown, and there's these crazy science uh, like CG heavy action sequences. But they're all fantasy. But it's just a way to make it as kind of like a summer blockbuster when it's really just about people gambling on a boat. It's it's. I have to be honest. I thought it was super entertaining. Yeah, let's give it a go. Yeah, it's called Animal World. And yes, Michael... Uh, did I say Michael Keaton? Michael Douglas is in it. No, you said Michael Douglas, okay. I believe. Yeah, so what, it's Michael Douglas's other movie based on a comic book that came out just this past weekend. Huh. Ah, Mo. Nice. What a time to be alive it is. 2018, Mo. Oh, I saw, I, I saw Solo in the theaters. <laughs> How did I forget about that? Well, a lot of people seem to forget about it, Mo. No, I enjoyed it. I, I, I don't think it did, man. I no, really it enjoyed it. it. Didn't. I thought, I thought, it, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. Fun? Well, anyway. fun's not good enough. I'm a Star Wars fan, and I want everything to be serious. And if it's not how I like it, I'm going to scream so loud the world will hear. Yeah, that's what the first episode of Alt Nerd Obsessive is about. <laughs> people need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> Uh, these nerds yeah, need to stop yeah. it, man, because uh, I like to like stuff, and I don't like people harshing on that. Mo. Yeah, man. People need to chill out. Also, too many people said that they enjoyed Where the Dead Go to Die on our Facebook group. So I'm just – I'm wagging my finger at them, Mo. You can't you can't see it, but I'm doing it right this time. I'm, I'm wagging something at them. Mo's wagging his dick at you. <laughs> <laughs> That, that is the uh, international signal for stay away. <laughs> <laughs> either that or either that or I'm a helicopter pilot. <laughs> uh, well, with that image in your skulls, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> at least we're ending on a high note. Uh, we will be back yeah, right. very, very soon uh, with the movie Cards of Death. And uh, also, I want to just tease that Mo and I uh, we've also Mo might be appearing on another familiar podcast in the near future. He better because I haven't asked anyone else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so keep your eyes out for that too, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we'll be back very soon. Why don't y'all have a much nicer night than Mo and I have had? Good night, folks. <laughs> oh, you're eating my dick. <laughs> <laughs>